Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Midweek Metagame. <laughs> I'm Heritage G, joined here by my two regular co-hosts, Patrick Robertson. <laughs> and Happy New Year, everybody. And Gabriel Nassif. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Well, well, well. It's been just over three weeks since we've uh, not played an episode of the podcast, and it's been a bit in a while, but before we get into that excuse, I guess we should say this podcast is brought to you by Card Market. They sponsor us. Keep us here. Uh, cardmarket.com or cardmarket.e to buy the best things card game related, Magic the Gathering, any TCGs, Flesh and, Flesh and Blood, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! I've completely lost my ad read skills. Uh, if you need any singles, accessories, deck boxes, or anything Magic the Gathering related, please go check out cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu. But yeah, for those who don't know, my whole desktop computer got hacked, all my social medias got hacked, I had to reset my computer, it was a huge content slump, we lost a lot of podcast assets, then also life got in the way for Pat and Gab, and I, because it was Christmas, spending time with family, then the New Year's, then whatever, so yes, we apologize for the inconsistency and for those who wanted some magic content over the holidays. I'm not apologizing for anything, this was the longest break we've taken in three years, and even if it was unintended, I feel like we earned it at this point. So hmm. I'll, t- I'll hear no criticism, no complaints. Oh, damn. Okay, well, today, this episode, we're going to be talking <laughs> about everything that we have done no over the past on three weeks. Yeah, no comeback on that. I think it's a deserved break. It, it happens. Yeah, um, appreciate it. So I've been playing a lot of Magic because I've been uploading consistently on YouTube. And Gab's obviously been playing some Magic because of his stream. Pat's been here and there. So, uh... <laughs> I guess we'll start off with a bit of an update. I did say I got hacked. Maybe you don't know, but essentially I got social engineered for a fake sponsorship deal. Um, They kind of... All the things had to go right for me to get hacked, right? And this is why they do it. They send out emails to thousands and thousands of creators. One of them, the the things line up and it convinces them. And basically they offered me the same amount of money as a sponsorship I did two weeks before. Uh, I was in London when I got the emails and did the negotiations, and then I didn't notice some sus things about the email because I wasn't looking on a desktop computer. When I came home, it was a three-hour train, so I was very tired, and I was like, oh, let me sign the contract quickly, open up the contract, and it hacked my PC, stole all my YouTube information, stole my YouTube channel, streamed an Elon Musk scam. It's kind of the basic premise of what happened. Uh, They social engineered me throughout. What, What surprised me? And people overlooked. There was actually a ma- I don't know if you guys know. There was a massive Reddit post that I got hacked. It was actually a pretty big deal um, on Reddit. And a load of people were saying, like, how does he not have two-factor authentication? How can he fall for this dumb scam? They, they, this, this person made me make a YouTube video before they stole my YouTube channel. They literally made me, like, do things for them to, to, to kind of convince me that I was legit. So I, like, made a YouTube channel. Uh, sorry, made a YouTube video. Like, did some stuff for this sponsorship read. They even sent me audio clips of examples of what I meant to say. They sent me a script. They sent me legal terms wow. and conditions. I'm like, there's no way this isn't a scam, right? Then I go to London. I get the contract in the email in London. It looks legit on my phone, but it was actually a fake Google um, Docs. But when you open it up your phone, it doesn't show the link. So when I came home, I just instantly went into it because it was a fake Google Docs, right? And then I, I didn't think to check the link because I checked on my phone. You see how it all had to perfectly line up for me to just think it was completely fine? So, like, a load of things lined up to just absolutely screw me there. Um, you're actually, I mean, obviously, you know you're actually I mean, the first person I've ever heard of who's, like, fallen for, like, a phishing scam. It sounds very yeah. elaborate, though. And it was, you know, from... It was a very stressful kind of, like, 48 hours for you. Yeah, definitely. 
And the thing is, I actually get a lot of phishing scams. Like, it's just this has been the best one. And I think the theory going around is that they, what this person did is, or this group of people is they hacked an actual channel. They hacked someone, hacked their email, and got the real script from the company. It's from a big VPN company. So I think what happened is they stole the script, actually stole the legit terms and conditions and stuff. So it all is legit, right? It is the real terms and conditions. It is this company's ad reads. It's just coming from their scam email, right? So, and then they replaced the contract with the scam. But yeah, it, it blew my mind actually at the time. Yeah, sounds like you got truly unlucky, honestly. I wonder if I, I think I would have probably gotten got too. But it's funny because you told me a story about how you got fished by fake NH NHS do once on your phone was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know what's sad is the, the things lining up is even worse. When I went to see Card Market in Germany, it was just after COVID. And the night before I go to the airport, I get a text from the NHS at like 1 a.m. It's like, we know that you're going abroad soon. You need to, uh, you need to uh, get a COVID pass or something. And I was like half asleep and I was like, oh, yes, yeah. so I open. And then there's the same scam again. I it, luckily it, bl it blocked my card. But yeah, I'm I'm really bad at getting scammed, to be what, honest. That's the what I'm hearing time. here is just you're a huge mark. And like, yeah, they it's, know. <laughs> yeah. But in the UK, at least, I don't know about you guys, but I get texts on the daily like your package is uh is a missing and whatever. Block, I guess I'm a big target. Can't you block? Yeah, well, there's like an option in France to block a bunch of yeah. All these yeah. Numbers. I signed up for the UK UK. Uh, I don't get it anymore. Yeah. But in my university days and whatever, I was I was a target. I was definitely a target. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this is the biggest block. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That that time it only it only like. They tried to charge twenty five pounds on my card to just eat in Ireland, so it instantly got blocked. But um, yeah, that was a bit weird. That's but, yeah. No, I love this it, like, time. I actually lost my YouTube hacking. channel. I'm probably I'm probably not the best with identifying elaborate uh, semi elaborate scams. That's, I think that's, there's definitely some fault on my end. Honestly, then like the first action the hackers take is to like buy some food and you know, like, it's just great. Like well, it's just, yeah. like hard days work. Don't like yeah, no. <laughs> antivirus prevent you like when you click these links, it like pops up. This link is not safe or something. I, I only I only get that from my university email because there's like a firewall from, from the university. I don't have that for my like Gmail or whatever. Yeah. See, what's what's interesting is that when I spoke to an employee of uh, Google on the phone, they said, can you check your spam folder? And I check my spam folder and I see like six different emails sending me the same copy and paste of the scam. So I think what they do is they send out hundreds and hundreds, like, they have lots of different accounts that they send out this same scam email from, and one of them bypasses the Google's uh, spam detection, and then obviously the link download, I don't I don't know how it bypasses whatever. I mean, yeah. obviously some of it's my fault, I'm not saying I just got fooled and it was not my fault, I'm definitely somewhat of an idiot to fall for it, and I lost my channel for, for a few days, but... But you got it back, that's the best part. Yes, yes. So what was funny is it was actually faster to get back my account through the Gmail recovery team and not YouTube because YouTube have all these weird rules to give back an account. Um, but if you get back your Gmail account, obviously, then you own your YouTube account. 
So instantly, it's like, okay, we're getting in contact with the Gmail team as soon as possible. We're just getting back your account. Um, so I got, got back my Gmail, I get back my YouTube account, and then the problem is, is the d departments aren't connected. So then the YouTube department looks at my account and they're like, oh, there's, he's streaming a crypto scam. So they banned me for like 36 hours or, or whatever. Which this is really, it's, it's really lucky they haven't looked at your channel any other times when you've been scamming, streaming magic scams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like you're renowned for your clickbait. Like, yeah, like, no, it's You've been it's asking funny. this for years. Well, what's actually a bit lucky is that I recorded a video called I Got Hacked before I got banned from YouTube. So I actually helped them unban me because I had a, U a YouTube video with my face saying, I've been hacked. They streamed this crypto scam. It wasn't me. So I think it also made it easier for me to get unbanned. But yeah, no, it's hell of a saga though. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I think ultimately at the end, it, it helped me because I was on the front page of the Magic Reddit for ages. And now that I'm back, all of my YouTube videos are doing really well. So oh, great somewhat helped it's doing great what's funny is there's another youtube bug last night for six hours all new videos uploaded yesterday on the 9th of january just got like deleted so they got zero views for like six hours site-wide every youtuber for six hours last night your youtube videos were just almost essentially deleted which was really weird so that's really a new weird problem me, for like, everyone how, like important that you know you've said you've mentioned this before about how important those like first few hours are in terms of like whether you think picks up and takes off like it's mm. not like not quite viral viral but it's like this kind of you know whether it picks up early in the algorithm and it just gets seen heaps makes a lot of difference yeah yeah but we're back playing modern ish playing a lot of other formats trying to make things fun gab you were telling us before the podcast you had some modern to talk about why don't we get into some magic yeah, I've played actually not a ton of modern because I'm not really into modern right now, but I think we're going to talk about that. Played a lot of Vintage Cube. There's Vintage Cube for charity over the holidays, went really well. Plus, we won for bragging rights. I did well too. I had really high win rates. I think I'm still doing really good at just trophying about 40% of the time. So that's always nice little, you know. You've been, you've been doing really well with like Mono Black reanimator ego boost i like black a lot i've been doing well with mono green like mid-range black green actually has been my favorite this time around they, they changed a few cards it's oh i think it's a little harder to get the super streamlined monocolor deck and you need to splash and play more colors more plus there's cards like minx and boo that are well i don't i don't sure i should say cards plural like minx and boo there's only one minx and boo that card's really really strong um overall good experience i think uh, if I had to change something, maybe I would get rid of Palace Jailer. I think the Monarch cards are not super fun, and Palace Jailer is a bit too strong. Plus, you can get it with Recruiter of the Guard. And you also have Solitude, and why it's a pretty strong color overall. So, I understand they want to have people, you know, interact, have combat matter and stuff, but Palace Jailer is just so oppressive, it's so hard to have deal combat damage when someone plays that card against you. Plus, you even have Ephemerate and stuff. You can blink it, which makes the card even stronger. But overall, yeah, the cube's been been fun. And um, more. I think there's more incentives to maybe play uh, mid-range checks. But I'm guessing that's not exactly what people are here for. Yeah, just, just one, comment. What, just one yeah. comment on Palace Jailer. I think like the most egregious part of Palace Jailer is if you kill Palace Jailer, you don't get your creature back. Yeah. You have to get the Monarch back to get the creature back. Yeah. Which is so insane because at least if you kill Palace Jailer, you'd be like a decent, you'd be in a decent position to try and regain the Monarchy because you'd have an extra creature and like maybe get some overlap and get the, get the, get, get the emblem. 
yeah. but it's just so hard to like get that positional advantage back to steal them to steal the monarch to get like another creature like it's like the rich get richer like once you get the monarch back it's yeah it's pretty egregious yeah i hate it yeah there's there's that one there's the lich in black but the lich is one more mana it's an edict and not targeted effect they got it feels rid- like it's more fun to play actually yeah it's it's a little less powerful they got rid of the green one that was the kind of the one where you put cards and play the weird enchantment that card was i don't think very good and then for only one iteration, they had the blue one, which I think is actually better than Pal's Jailer, just because it's mm. cheaper. It was a blue and two aura. You just tap a creature, it stays tapped, and you get the monarchy, and that one was completely stupid as well. But overall... They banned that one in Pauper, right, Harry? Mm-hmm. They banned the they banned that um uh, the blue monarch card in, in Pauper, the thing that's like uh, locked down. Oh, the enchantment one, yeah. Yeah. They, they've banned um, a lot of the monarch stuff and initiative stuff in Pauper. I, I can't list yeah. them off the top of my head, though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's been a lot of fun. Still been doing a little cube, so I've been playing a little less constructed. I feel like we, you know, we haven't recorded in three weeks, and I don't even feel like I have that much to talk about. I've played still some Blue Black Pioneer. I was actually really looking forward to the showcase this weekend. I'd been doing really well was Blue Black Days on doing, tuning the list, doing decently in prelims, doing well in leagues, and I, I totally bombed. I went 0-4. I got a buy. Um, I even kept playing at like 0-3 and a buy or whatever just to keep getting more reps and maybe make a run back into the prize money, but at 0-4, I kind of dropped, gave up, and I'm not sure if I should you know, maybe keep playing the deck and get a bigger sample, and it was just a little setback. I did see Fenespu, who went, I, I believe, six and three was uh, my exact list. So that was a little uh, reconforting, I guess. But I yeah, I, I was, I was, still, I was telling everyone to uh, the whole week, like people were, like, what should I play in Pioneer? I'm like, play that blue black deck's really good. If the PT was tomorrow, I would play it and be happy about it. And then yeah. I got kind of trashed. Yeah, I um, you know, we've all had we've had moments like that before. I feel like I've. Had, had PDQs where I've been like, I've gotten all my friends onto some deck and then they've all done really well and I just got like 06 or something like that. That's just yeah. miserable. I was watching you play that blue black deck a bunch though and it looked pretty good and it and it looked like a better a better version of the kind of, you know, it was really all in on the days undoing package so it was trying to do something broken. It was like you had four Narset, four days undoing and it had the Notion Thief or two, you know, heavy on sweepers, more of a kind of tap out style control deck and I really liked, liked where that where that was positioned but you know what what did you what did you take the l's against like what what are the hard matchups for that day so i got paired against ragdust midrange which i've been doing well i hadn't lost i think yet in leagues and prelim mm. but they just had good draws I, I stumbled a bit and i mean i'm assuming that matchup i expected that matchup to be bad when i picked up the deck i was like this is going to be just like every other blue black deck i tried it's going to be bad against ragdust but somehow it was working right. and at first i thought it was a fluke but then i kept doing well uh, you know i'm not sure how big my sample size is maybe four or five wins before that but lost a close one then i got paired against ragdos sacrifice which is really hard because game one you don't have much to race a cat oven really so if they deal a bunch of damage and they get cat oven you've got almost nothing to stop them after mm. sideboard i've got a couple kalitas and you know but it's still uh you know really bad matchup so these are my first two losses and then after that, I don't remember what I lost. I think I lost to Red Green once, but honestly, 
if you were watching this deck for the first time, you probably would think, why is he playing that? This deck looks not functional. And yeah, it was it was pretty bad experience. So I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. If I'm supposed to just keep jamming, maybe, maybe I'll just jam that deck against my teammates to get good good data and get their their opinion about the deck then just keep yeah. jamming in leagues and so the pt is coming up relatively soon right yeah the pt is i'm leaving in one month and deck lists are due in five weeks basically right okay so you're gonna have a week there beforehand of testing house yeah cool. yeah and that's gonna be like fun. fun and yeah looking looking at the list that did well it looks like control did well there was actually a yorion version that updated the the showcase and Yorion blue black or Yorion blue white? Not just Yorion blue white was no no sensor, just a bunch of narsets and omen of the sea that you can blank and other planeswalkers and then kind of traditional blue white control. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have Claudio H, who's been playing kind of sixty card blue white. I think it's still laid on the arms, but he he's been doing okay. Seems like blue white's you know still a still a fine choice. I tried a tiny bit of five color fires today. The Elis Sauce has been playing for months now and he does well occasionally with it. He's done pretty well, you know, multiple top eights and stuff. It's fires with Yurion and you have Enigmatic Incarnation, which is a blue green enchantment that lets you second enchantment to get a creature. Deck seemed fine. Wasn't super conclusive. I went 1 1 against green, 1 1 against combo, and then. I lost to Mono White. I did feel bad one game because I was on the play against Green and I went turn two, kill your mana creature, turn three Fable, turn four Fires and or something like that. But, and I still lost that game and I feel like if you're playing that deck and you're on the play and you're getting that curve, you, you should almost never lose. And I ended up flooding a bit and not drawing the most impactful card. So I'm not sure what you know the deck's worth, but it seemed pretty functional. And Fable is... Uh, good magic card yeah yeah having functional enchantments to play to sack the enigmatic incarnations pretty big upgrade i mean i think it, what they gained leyline binding and also uh fable the mirror breaker in the last kind of couple of sets yeah leyline binding is just huge because it's one mana was the nilea's presence and it lets you get your seven drops right away so and fable is not even because you sack it but just because it's fable it's just it's just a nut yeah yeah um, and as far as modern goes, I played the modern showcase because it was a showcase at the points. I decided to be disciplined. I just played Merktide and I had, you know, the same miserable experience that I have whenever I play modern right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because I'm losing a lot or because it's a format. Maybe it's a combination of stale format plus the way the decks win and lose are not very fun, but kind of really enjoy the pioneer games and every time i i play modern i just i just can't win and i kind of hate it but i think a lot of it has to do with just not winning but i'm not sure i'm not sure what you guys think about modern right now if you like it you hate it you think it's fine um i think that i just dislike how easily people get bailed out i think i think the the difference between modern and other formats is you you get. I feel like modern is the format where my opponents or or even myself consistently get bailed out by the top of the deck, making it feel like the whole other rest of the game didn't matter. I think that personally is why I don't like modern the most. It's my least favorite format, 
but statistically, it is the least watched format on my YouTube channel. I've done multiple modern videos, and they have been consistently the least viewed video. So I don't think it's just you, Gab. To me, it seems like most of the Magic community. I know a lot of people listening to the podcast love modern. That's why you listen to us, right? But the general community seems to be not very interested, to be honest. Hmm. I think there's definitely a, there definitely seems to be like an overwhelming element of this is stale and people are a bit tired of it. Maybe a bit of fatigue from Modern Horizons to block constructed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I honest, honestly, as, as, you know, kind of weird as this for me to say, I think like looking at like view statistics on a channel like Harry's shows that there is kind of people's eyeballs are moving away from it, whether that's, the format being stale or there's nothing to, there's no tournaments that matter to care about it so the kind of the semi the semi kind of competitive players no longer kind of you know, they, their eyes are elsewhere maybe they're thinking about getting back into standard for the upcoming rptq season or they're you know they're still focused on pioneer because they know they're going to be watching that in the um in the pt or whatnot maybe that's driving driving engagement on some respect but it just seems to me that the narrative has been kind of this format's needs a bit of a shake up in some respect and I, I personally hope it's not just print a whole bunch more powerful cards into it because that would be frustrating i think yeah i think in general like i found that pauper seems to be the most popular form that people actually play and vintage so it's quite heavy opposites but i think it makes sense to be at both extremes for what people like to enjoy um Modern, personally, though, from what I've played, I've played Breach, um, Jeskai Breach. I've also played some Cascade, a glimpse of glimpse of Tomorrow Cascade. I watched your glimpse. Of, I actually watched your uh, glimpse of Tomorrow Cascade video. It was very funnily edited. I thought it was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's the thing. I think generally speaking, people watch any deck if it costs them ten minutes of their day. That's kind of it was my really method. really clever. You're like, this is there is absolutely no decisions for me to make in this game whatsoever. So I just fast forward through it all. It was spectacular. <laughs> it was really really fun. Yeah, yeah, no, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, no, yeah, I'm not a fan of modern. Pat, have you been playing any modern? I actually have. I hadn't played for a lot or at all really up until I went on break for for Christmas. I actually had a bit of a I, our, our department shut down a week early because there was some electrical maintenance so we kind of had an extra extra week of vacation which turned into an extra week of parenting because teddy got teddy got sick after one day but I, I started playing a bit of uh i was playing a bit of modern on stream i streamed a bit of modern actually on on the first day or so of uh of being home and was just playing Merktide again and i was really enjoying myself just kind of getting back in the swing of things i definitely understand the sentiment that this format is kind of a bit tired and i agree that you know we we play against a lot of the similar kind of strategies and you know sometimes it feels like things don't matter but i i definitely push back against the notion that this is like a non-interactive format or the gameplay isn't uh isn't complicated or or or, in, or engaging i i really feel like every this has kind of been his how modern it's always been some all good decks should have a draw that's really hard to beat and that's like that's just a part of magic in a lot of respects like competitive magic like your deck should have some kind of busted percentage of draws otherwise you know what are you doing you're working really way too hard for things 
And so there's definitely that element, and they don't feel very good when I got, you got a handful of unholy heats and your opponent's just, you know, just comboing off, or they're you know jamming jamming primeval titans into play, or you got a handful of counter spells and they have cavern of souls or whatever. But I think there's you know there's deck building decisions that matter, there's gameplay decisions that matter, um, there's enough interaction in the format right now that I feel like you don't, and g- generic interaction that there's no massively. There's no matchup where I sit down with a deck like Murkta and I feel like I don't have any chance in this in this match in game one or something like that. I feel like I don't feel like there's any horrible kind of pre-board games or anything like that. I just think that there's a lot of Modern Horizons two cards and you know there's although you know we looked at some of the top eight that the showcase challenge has got you know eight different archetypes or something essentially in the top eight. They are kind of clustered into strategies. Uh, they're similar. So we have like Ragavan decks, we have decks that have take advantage of Cascade, you know, between Living End and Rhino, you know, um, so Ragavan decks being Merc Tides, uh, Jeskai Breaches, um, Scam. And then we have, you know, decks that take advantage of the Pitch Spells, you know, Scam, uh, all the Elementals decks, all this sort of stuff. You know, Rhinos also takes advantage. So there's lots of overlapping kind of strategic elements that come out of the Modern Horizon set. But I, I, I definitely think the format's good fun. I think there's just too many games of modern where one turn just swings the game and it's over. I feel that whether it's you're playing against Hammer Time and if they draw Paladin or have Paladin, you lose. If they don't, you win. Or um, but is this is this kind of new 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 to modern now, or is this a kind of a feeling that's been something that's been true for a long time? Yeah, I don't know. Or you know, you get you get you get scammed on turn one, and you get kind of crushed, or they have like a turn to Bloodman, or and the game's kind of over. Or yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess modern used to be that that way a bit, and then it kind of got different, better maybe, and now maybe it's yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I, maybe I just need to play more and. And, and I mean, get I've better been, at it, and maybe I've been yeah. losing. But I feel like there's a lot of like super swingy top decks, super sing- swingy turns where game kind of just ends super abruptly. But maybe that's just you know nature of modern. And as you said, there's a lot of, of decisions to make. You know, the the, the O2 when I went O2, I, I I probably could have won at least one of the two matches, maybe even both. So that game three against Rhinos was really really interesting. Yeah, the spot basically where. I, I needed to decide if I want to trade my Merktide region. It was a Fury, and I felt that if I traded, I had a lot of a lot more good top decks than my opponent, and that I would probably win if they had nothing. And if they have something, I need to block anyways, or else I'm going to die. So I blocked, and then the game went like 15 turns. I died to a Charless Agent was three counter spells, two spells Pierce, and two Fluster Storm in, in hand. Um, yeah, because I had Blood Moon out, so a lot of their top decks were were dead. And it, it was a really interesting point. Pat was actually in chat, and he was like, I, I would not block. i just, you know, go for the win. And it, he probably, w- it probably would have worked out. We don't know the exact content of my opponent's hand, but... Yeah, it definitely would have worked out. I don't know if it was right or not. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked getting back in and playing Murktide. Uh, there's, you know, the way the deck's been built now is kind of come back round to Dragon Race Channeler is great and Legislator is a kind of complimentary card. I I approve of that that position. Yeah. I've I've personally been you know, there's a bit of flexibility in the way the deck's been built at the moment. You're gonna sorry, you're gonna say something again? I was asking 
going to ask you if you feel strongly about the last couple of select slots that people play. If you like Brazen Bar, more Spell Pierce, a Charm, right? I mean, yeah, so Blood I, Moon. I don't see main deck explosive sometimes as a flex. So what? I've, so Christmas time, I played thirty matches with the exact same seventy-five, and I my flex slots were. So I had three lightning bolts, two uh, one mana counter spells. So I just had the two spell pierces. I had four Dragon Rage Channel and a three Shredder. Then I was playing one Dress Down, one Brazen Borrow, one Archmage's Charm, and two Murktide Regents. And I was pretty happy with this. I, I really liked subtlety post-board because I was obviously playing... I played against Titan a lot. And, you know, that's a great answer to the Cabin of Souls. It basically makes you... You know, between, cop, between Dress Down and, and Subtlety, it's really hard to lose, I think, post-board against Titan. And so Subtlety was, a, you know, a big part of that. Is Subtlety actually uh, better than just having Aether Gust? I think so. There's definitely spots when you want to tap out and just put pressure on, and they have to go for their tit- they go for their titan, and you get the subtlety them. And it's also it's reasonable in other matchups as well. I, I don't mind it in the mirror, and I I don't really like mystical dispute at the moment. So I was just kind of shaving one of my mystical disputes for for a subtlety. Yeah, these counter spells in the sideboard they don't feel great because a lot of time you swapping fluster storm for spell peer, so you feel like right. It's a little redundant, and the delta is not that great. Well, where you could just be having more targeted hate or precisely. High yeah, so I was, I was, I still had the Fluster Storms because I think the Fluster Storms are quite important against Cascade. This kind of that turn five through six re- region is like really quite important to be able to progress. If you know, if your draw is kind of like two or three mana, you need to still be able to progress, put pressure on the board without feeling like you're vulnerable in these kind of intermediary turns. And so I think Fluster Storms really important there. But I, I really like having the extra that 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 one extra hard counter in Archmage's Charm that's a little bit flexible as well. So like you don't have so many kind of dead top decks in that you know that situation like you would like you found yourself in where you, know, you blocked because your your counter in hand wasn't hard. It was a spell pierce, I think. They had a fluster storm, had a blood moon. I also had an explosives in play and maybe even one in hand. So basically, my reasoning yeah. was like I'm only losing if they have another fury. And if they have another fury, I definitely should should block. I think and um, right, yeah. Anyway, that that that, that situation aside, I, I think you know the general thing I was describing was was trying to describe was where you kind of not you know your your position is a little bit perilous, and having a card like Archmage Charm in your seventy five you know does help go a long way to help stabilize the situation. I mean, it's good at interacting with rhinos. Like if you have to unholy heat a rhino, it's really good as the answer to the next one because it provides pressure. You can you know obviously. Well, I don't need to read the text on Archmage's Charm. But it's, you know, having that extra kind of hard counter versus the kind of mana leaks that go dead or these kind of, you know, like you said, minor upgrade exchanges in the sideboard or or whatever. So I'm trying to, like, trying to focus my good cards in the main and have my sideboard for being heavy hitters, you know, and things that swing particular matchups or, you know, do something a little bit unique. Um I think subtlety over force of negation. I don't think there's a reason to have force of negation at the moment, unless you're really scared of creativity. But I'm not particularly afraid. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's nothing nothing groundbreaking about what I'm doing. Uh, the main deck dress down was good, pretty good actually. Um, but you know, I've I've enjoyed playing the format. I when I if, when I've been playing Magic, it's been the format that I've been going to over Pioneer, which had been my kind of go to for the last you know, six months or so. So. Yeah, I guess I'm the I'm the believer at the moment. Uh, still a good format, still enjoyable. If there was a PDQ near me, I would only go for it with modern. Uh, mostly because I only have a deck and that's modern. But you know, mm. I 
yeah, it's a tough spot. One thing that I will say, so this is a, you know, if we go to the kind of current trends, I, one thing that's excited me about modern, I think I'm looking forward to trying is the uptick in usage of Yogmoth's will in the format. So, you know, there's been this Jeskai Breach deck, this kind of grinding stone, grinding station combo with Urza Saga and it has Underworld Breach as part of its combo engine. But I think what people have realized is that the really good part of that deck is this Underworld Breach. And having these kind of value breach turns is swinging a lot of a lot of games. It gives that deck that multi-dimensional uh, uh, nature, I guess, that mean that you can win these fair grindy games. And so I've seen people playing, and by people I mean the first person to do this and make it make it known to me essentially was Aspiring Spike playing Grixis Death Shadow where rather than playing Croxer, just playing a couple of copies of Underworld Breach and having these turns where he's just casting four or five spells for, off of his two-mana two mana enchantment. You know, great synergy with Mishra's Bauble. And I'm just, you know, you're starting to see it creep into kind of people's Merktide lists. And, you know, in the challenge, in the showcase challenge, there was uh, two copies of this essentially combo-less Jeskai Breach deck that did well. One made the semifinals. So is it? do you guys think that it's... People are kind of the, the cat's finally out of the bag, and Yogmoth's Will's a good magic card, and people have just realized. I have no idea. I literally played one league with that prowess deck that uses Underworld Breach. I think I was playing one, and every time right, I that's another it, example, right? That's that's my great sample size of like one or two breach drawn with that deck, and it was just a two mana Urza's Bubble. When it's I, two mana Mishra's Bubble, yeah, two mana Mishra's Bubble when I drew it, but mm. it, it must be good. Two different, you know the. The top eight of the modern showcase was kind of who's who of modern. You had Rhinos, you had Living End, you had Yogg, you had a Murktide, and then you had these, these two decks. You had a Scam deck, you had Monogreen Tron. I was actually going for the Lizards. Two big commitments. Did you guys see that? Two big commitments in the Rhinos list. Plus no, six, really? plus wow. six, uh, Delph Spell. That I've never seen that before. I mean, the Rhinos have trample. Yeah, the Rhinos have trample. That's a scary answer to, to Regent. And then Fury, you have four Furies in your deck, so I don't know, maybe. <laughs> That's a really scary answer to, to Murktide, though. Yeah. No. Just kind know. of, just because the, the, you're, you're trumping that matchup, really. It's yeah having this having this brick wall against 4 fours where like, they're three, they're three mana. Two four fours doesn't kill you. Also, no one really plays. Pressure. I mean, that person was you know, no one probably knew it was coming. Yeah. They probably got so oh, man. many people. <laughs> Dude, I would just put. I would just. I mean, I wouldn't have blocked in that Merktide situation. I just like, <laughs> yeah, take take eighteen. <laughs> but yeah, nice. no, the, the underworld breach thing. I'm assuming it, it's decent, but you know, it's. Yeah, we used to play. We used to play Yagmas well, just was uh, Urza's bubble back in the day. That was the combo. You would cast Intuition, you would get free bubbles, and wow. then you would cast Yagmas well. <laughs> so it was basically your your Yagmas well would at least draw you free cards every time. That's pretty cool. Oh, mad. It, it was yeah. It was it was pretty cool. It was a control deck, and it had Intuition, Bubble, Yagmas well as your kind of card advantage engine. Right. So this is like pre-accumulated knowledge days. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Fantastic! I've never, I, nice. you know, I've I've spent a lot of time going through old magic deck lists. I've never seen that before. That's great. Really? Yeah, I, I'm not sure when it was legal or how long it was legal for, but I remember being obsessed with that combo. And even when Bubble was gone, I was trying to get value out of Yagmas Will. Like, I think there was a time where Yagmas Will was maybe still legal. 
in standard, but there was literally no support, like no ritual, no bubbles, no way to really abuse it. And I think I was playing like Barbwood Sexton or something. It was like one I mean, mana. You'd sack it, you pay two, and you get a basic land, not even in play, just in your hand. Oh, Bob Woods, Bob Woods Sexton. And I think that was my big yeah. finish as recasting Barb Woods Sexton of, <laughs> of, of Young as well to, yeah. to get some value. Anyways. I thought you were getting Bob Sexton, which is like the precursor to chrom- uh, Chromatic Sphere. No, that was not legal. I don't think that was, that was legal. You know, you had to really dig deep if you wanted to get a. It certainly sounded like you had to dig very deep. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I, I I have played some Jeskai Breach. I think it's decent, but I don't... I'm not too convinced that it's up there anymore, to Did be honest. Did you play the version with a combo, or...? Only combo. I only play okay. Grinding Station combo. I actually... Pl- is, the, is the combo-less one the one with Manamorphos and Baral? No, they just literally no? play, like, Merktide, okay. kind of. Merktide was right. Merktide, but was Breach instead. Yeah, because there was good. there was an underworld breach deck with Manamorphos Brawl and no artifacts or saga that I that my friends tested, <laughs> and it was just much worse than um than the normal one because the loop was Manamorphos plus Brawl is unlimited mana quote unquote unlimited mana with underworld breach because it costs right. one mana makes you two draws a card then you can find grape shot. Grape yeah. shot them for one mana, whatever. Yeah. But I, um, we weren't convinced it wasn't that good. No, um, this and- this this deck from Jakob Pablo is just yeah, Murktide, Murktide is Murktide. So for those of you playing along at home, it's four Mishra's Bauble, four Ledger Shredder, four Ragavan, four Dragon Rage's Channeler, four Underworld Breach, four Lightning Bolt, four Consider, two Spell Pierce, three Unholy Heat, two Teferi Time Raveler, four expressive iteration, a prismatic ending, and a grape shot with 19 lands, no Urza Sagas. Yeah, so basically no counterspell, no Merc Tides. And instead you get yeah. Breach and a few white cards. Hmm, interesting. But yeah, I'm not too sold in it, honestly. From what I've seen, I've seen a lot of modern leagues be played. I haven't played a lot, but I think the general consensus amongst my friends is that Hammer Time seems to be the go-to. I I actually watched three people play the uh, the Pioneer Showcase as well. They all played Mono Green, all bombed out by round three. I think Mono Green is a terrible decision for Pioneer. I actually think the go-to deck for me would be Lotus Field Combo. Um, shout out the Spanish player Combo Player. I've forgotten your actual name. But uh, yeah, they've been playing Lotus Field Combo really well on Magical Line and honestly kind of convinced me that it's probably what I would be leaning into if I was going to the Pro Tour. Um, but yeah, Gem- generally speaking, both formats I'm just kind of so disconnected from. I, I, I managed to top eight two popper challenges. One, I made it to the finals. One, I lost the semifinals. Um, one with one with Burn, one with a Mardu mid-range deck. That, the popper format I actually really enjoy, not because the gameplay is fun, but I think it's more that it's so unsolved that you can turn up every week with a new brew that you think beats Mono Red and does decent at mid-rangey things, that you can have fun. I think that's maybe why I enjoy something like Popper more than Modern, because Modern, I feel like there's less room to innovation. Okay, yes, the Sparring Spike can do crazy things, but not going deep into the tank as much as Spike. Popper, you can come to, you know, week by week, you can make five-card changes, it'll make a huge metagame difference. I, I really like that style of the format. Um... 
I've also played vintage. Ch I've been playing every challenge but modern and pioneer, and I think that's what to me has kept the fire burning in Magic, because I think a lot of these, a lot of players right now are playing challenges and formats that they're not perfect at. So it's very easy to outskill and top eight challenges. My top eight percentage in challenges right now is forty percent. I've top eighted. Um, oh, I've forgotten the maths, but I've gotten five or six top eights in the past six months. Um, and it's just playing Eternal Formats, also including when Mono Green was busted, but yeah, just playing Eternal Formats, I think a lot of people are playing for fun, and I think skill thrives in them. I've certainly enjoyed watching your, like, non-standard content on YouTube. I, I think part of that's your editing style, but they're definitely, I've, I'm more encouraged by Pauper through watching that than I have ever been through playing a game. Like it does, it definitely, it definitely seems like a format where you can, you can kind of bring what you want and have it be all right. Yeah. And a large part of that becomes because there's a deck with a big target on its head that's really good, right? I think that's, that, that actually, sometimes that really helps these kind of like large card pool formats when you have like a deck to gun for, you can kind of, you know, be creative in how you solve that problem. Yeah, uh, so Mono Red by far is the best deck because of Monastery Swiss and other broken red cards that I won't break down, but Pauper is the most interesting for me is because with something like Modern, there's sheer power in every card that you play in your deck, whereas commons, all commons, they don't typically have card advantage plastered onto them. That's not what WotC does. So everyone's fighting for two-for-ones, and I think that what's, that's what makes Pauper more fun, because a two-for-one off the top of the deck doesn't swing the game. It's a combination of two-for-ones and good decisions that makes it a lot more interesting. And, uh, yeah, you tune your from on a red, I'll repeat, and then if you have these really fun mid-range battles where top decks typically don't matter, and I think that's what makes it more fun. Um, but, yeah. V Vintage, I think, is also in a decent spot. Basically, any Eternal format that isn't isn't affected by Modern Horizons 2 or Initiative, to me, is really fun. Like, Legacy, I think, is on the down low. It's going down because of Initiative. But Vintage, although Initiative is popular and Vintage is not as bad because you have way more tools to fight it, and Pauper, Initiative isn't even that good. So, well, they banned think... the cards with Initiative and Pauper. <laughs> yeah, they Pauper, banned them all. Right? <laughs> Pauper's at the forefront. Yeah, I do worry yeah. about Legacy, how, like, how long is it going to go on for in Legacy? It's not like yeah, yeah. I pay a huge amount of attention to that format, but I see way too many posts on uh, on Twitter of me like this looks r ridiculous, and then it's just it's crushing tournaments and yeah, it's, I watch the it's gameplay; it's absurd. It's really funny. I made a YouTube video called um, "Legacy as a New Commander Problem." And it was the initiative deck, and I went 3-2. And there's a load of comments on the video like, why is the community saying this deck is bad? He went 3-2. It's not even that good. Watch the video. And I'm just worried because the video actually blew up. It's so funny because all these people are like, no, it's actually bad. This is the first time I've seen the deck. And it's just like completely misrepresented the, yeah. the actual power of the deck. Yeah, the little legacy I played, that deck, I played against it a bunch, and then I gave up and actually started playing it. And... <laughs> almost almost qualified for um i kind of messed up i, I totally punted my last round to qualify for the, sh the showcase uh, one of these last chance tournaments but yeah no that deck seems so strong even if in its quote-unquote bad matchups yeah i mean it's but good no, enough that, for that's... vintage right people are playing it in vintage oh yeah definitely definitely i mean black lotus moxes you just ramp into it 
Lo- loads of different things you can do. Loads of degenerate stuff. They even play Karn and stuff. It's like really different to the to the Legacy one because of the speed. But um, yeah. No, that that's honestly been it for me. I've just been trying to dabble in every format. Um, yeah, I've got. A, I'm doing. I'm doing actually a documentary tomorrow on. Do you know Magic Duels? Any yes. of these? The I game. Yeah, Duels. been playing some Magic Duels. That's how you <laughs> but no, that, play, that's, right? What do you mean you're doing or, a documentary? I'm doing a mini documentary on Magic Duels. I discovered like, um, I'm. B- I don't want to spoil it, but there, there, I found something interesting in okay. the way Watsi were managing the game. So I'm just gonna like do a video on the game and s- say why well, I discovered Watsi were doing with it, and then it's like open ended for the viewer to decide what they think. Nice. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of after the bad result. I feel like I'm back maybe to the drawing board in Pioneer, or maybe I just need to put in more reps. Um, modern I'll just be playing occasionally still have a few weeks of vintage cube left to enjoy so probably playing a bit more of that even though I should really be focusing on Pioneer and you know there's been rumors I'm not sure we should talk about it but there's been rumors of some some potentially impactful cards coming in the new set for Pioneer mm, I'm not even sure are they leaks leaks fake right? leaks I heard they're like just people opening booster packs they're putting these cards in the booster packs because it's to, I'm not even sure what's going on, but do you know, Harry, exactly what, what happened? Right, Generally, it's some store in some somewhere that opens early boosters and just oh. takes photos of them, but I don't know this. Okay. I don't know this. All right, let's not talk about it then. Yeah, I guess yeah. It, must, it can't be too far until the spoiler, though, right? Spoiler season must start in a week or so. I don't know. I didn't get a, a spoiler card. I don't know why I never get a spoiler card anymore. Sad face. <laughs> Maybe I just need to ask, honestly. It's, I wouldn't be shocked if whoever got the list of somehow doesn't have me on the list or in the rotation or they just forget. And I'm not sure. Maybe other people just ask every time or. Yeah. Maybe I did. I don't think I did anything wrong. This <laughs> I doubt this, it. But... I doubt it. usually pretty tame. Association with Harry MTG. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the scammer. The crypto scammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. if if people were punished for their association with crypto scammers in magic, would be out of people making content. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that seems to be us wrapped, right? Yeah, I, think, I reckon. Yeah, I got no, okay. I've got no much else. Should we put I've our lives of... lives on the line? Yeah. Yeah, the electrical tournament tomorrow. Win the event, you live, lose, you die. Every format that we talked about today, I'll go first. In modern hammer time, easiest money of my life. I think it's very good deck. Very hard, but I've practiced a lot against good players with the deck. And in Pioneer, I would go with Lotus Field, but I've never played the deck. I've just watched it, so Mono Green and Prey, that's the only deck I've experienced with. What about you, Pat? I'm going to play Moktide in, in in Modern, and I'm going to play Red Black in Pioneer. I just think the deck is great. I'm going to play Merktide in Modern, even though I didn't do all Good. this weekend. And Good. I think I might double down with Blue Black, especially in an open field, open deckless field, where I get to know if I need to keep, you know, Mulligan to maybe a fatal push or if I can keep a slower hand and whatnot. Because mm. um, I got nothing else right now. It'd be Blue Black or maybe Blue White. Mm. Okay. What about, Price is right. What about Underworld Breach? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good one. I have no idea. Right, so we're doing well. prices, Ryan card market, closest win, doesn't matter, higher or lower. And the currency is euros. 
Okay, mm. I've got a price. Is it a mythic or rare? I don't even know. I think it's, it's a regular rare. rare. It's a rare. From a standard set, right? Theros Beyond Death? Something? Pff, yeah. It's from Theros right Beyond here. Death, yeah. Because it was with Uro, right? Escape? Well, I just... It's, yeah, yes. But also, that's, that set just completely busted, like, so many formats, like, <laughs> Thassa's Oracle. <laughs> sort of oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sure. I have a number. Yeah, me too. Mm, me too. Three, two, one... 420. Okay. How much did you say, Harry? 15. 15? And you said 8? Oh, what happened? I'm I'm lowballing now? I'm usually always the one like way over. Yeah, you won, you won with a lowball last time. Yeah, and so I the price trend. 30 day price trend is 13.59. 7 day price trend 16.58. Harry MTG's the is winner. Is it really not a mythic then? Yeah, it's not a mythic, it's a rare. Wow. But I think it's it's probably just like Isn't it good in old. just one format though? It's Bad good in pioneer. it's probably good in Commander, Vintage, it's very good. I mean that's useless. Pioneer, nope. Modern. That's on the white six. What's banned in Legacy and Pioneer? Oh no! Yeah, it's isn't it banned in Legacy? Yeah, exactly. Wait, that's Legacy. why I thought yeah. it. I, yeah. I felt like it was basically only modern where you can play it. All right, here's my speculation. Pointless speculation. It was released pretty much around COVID time, so people didn't get a huge stop. Yeah, it, and it's I mean, it's got to be something like that. Like, and I mean, there's like, only 400 on card market, so if the listeners want to get it, 400 copies for you sitting on there. Okay, <laughs> right, spend your money. Well, I guess this is the end of the episode. Gab, where can we find you on the internet? Twitch.tv slash yellowhat. Hopefully not getting too sick. Nice. You can <laughs> find me on YouTube. At HerringTG, I'm trying to upload every other day. It's really hard to do it, with especially how much editing I have to do. But I've been two weeks so far, eight videos in two weeks, hoping for more. How about you, Pat? You can find me trying to run scams on Harry now that I know he's an easy mark. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, if you made it this far into the episode, we're sorry for the inconsistency, but we're back now. We'll Don't catch apologize. you guys next week. No apologies. I'm not sorry for the inconsistency. But I'm it's glad nice to be, back be back. But we are we are glad to be back. And yes, that's right. It's good to be back. As always, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening, and hope you all have a great week. <laughs>